Hello, and welcome to Learn to Love, a show where we talk all about things you can do to build a better, stronger relationship. Our team is powered by passionate volunteers looking to bring forward the best of what they know to help you stay together. Love is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Our podcast, articles, and videos feature insights from the latest research on relationship psychology, intimacy, conflict resolution, parenting, and more. You don't need to go in blind and make the same mistakes as those around you. Check us out on our brand new website at learnlove.ca or listen on our podcast, the Learn to Love podcast. Thank you for joining us in our vision to create healthier relationships and stronger families. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm super excited to be welcoming you back to this brand new episode on the Learn to Love podcast. In this episode, we're going to continue our discussion on conflict resolution. This is a really, really interesting and important episode. We're going to talk about our rights in the relationship, making a charter of rights, what's okay and not okay. We'll talk about abuse and a relationship, what it looks like, ways that you can manage it. We're going to talk about scapegoating, Are you a victim of scapegoating or do you recognize it in your relationship, what it is, why it's so important? And we'll revisit that discussion on criticism, contempt, defensiveness, stonewalling from the last episode. We're going to go with a lot more examples, talk about a zero tolerance policy you can implement around those concepts. And we'll also share with you a parable uh, called eggs, carrot and coffee that I really enjoy, which can help you think about ways that you respond to conflict. We'll also talk about dreams and being creative. Unmet dreams and boredom can cause conflict. It's all really important stuff. I'm super excited to share with you. Let's begin this episode with that parable, eggs, carrot, and coffee. In this parable, I want you to think about the way that stress affects you and conflict and how you respond to it, okay? It goes like this. A young person came to her mother and told her about life and how things were so hard for her. She didn't know how she was going to make it and wanted to give up. She was tired of fighting and struggling. It seemed like as one problem was solved, a new one arose. Her mother took her to the kitchen. She filled three pots with water and placed each on a high fire. Soon, the pots came to a boil. In the first pot, she placed carrots. In the second, eggs. And in the last, she placed ground coffee beans. She let them sit and boil, all without saying a word. In about 20 minutes, she turned off the burners. She fished the carrots out and placed them in a bowl. She pulled the eggs out and placed them in another bowl. And then she ladled the coffee and placed it in its own bowl. Turning to her daughter, she asked, Tell me, what do you see? Carrots, eggs, and coffee, the daughter replied. Her mother brought her closer and asked her to feel the carrots. She did, and noticed that they were soft. The mother then asked her daughter to take an egg and break it. After pulling off the shell, she noticed the hard-boiled egg. Finally, the mother asked the daughter to sip the coffee. The daughter smiled as she tasted its rich aroma. The daughter then asked, What does this mean, mother? Her mother explained that each of these objects had faced the same adversity, boiling water, and each reacted differently. The carrot went in strong, hard, and unrelenting. However, after being subjected to the boiling water, it softened and became weak. The egg had been fragile. Its thin outer shell had protected its liquid interior, but after sitting through the boiling water, its inside became hardened. 
The ground coffee beans were unique, however. After they were in the boiling water, they had changed the water. Which are you? She asked her daughter. When adversity knocks on your door, how do you respond? Are you a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? Think of this. Which am I? Am I the carrot that seems strong, but with pain and adversity, do I wilt and become soft and lose my strength? Am I the egg that starts with a malleable heart, but changes with the heat? Do I have a fluid spirit, but after a death, a breakup, a financial hardship, or some other trial, have I become hardened and stiff? Does my shell look the same, but on the inside am I bitter and tough with a stiff spirit and a hardened heart? Or am I like the coffee beans? The bean actually changes the hot water, the very circumstance that brings the pain. When the water gets hot, it releases the fragrance and flavor. If you are like the bean, when things are at their worst, you get better and change the situation around you. When the hour is the darkest and the trials are their greatest, do you elevate yourself to another level? How do you handle adversity? Are you a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? A quote that this reminds me of is by Anthony D'Angelo, which says, where you go, no matter the weather, always bring your own sunshine. Thank you so much for listening to that parable on eggs, carrot, and coffee. The reason that I decided to include it here in the section on conflict resolution is because we're speaking about stress, things that are very difficult and challenging. And I want you to think about, are, are you the egg, the carrot, or the coffee? You can pause the podcast right now and you can just think about that for a little bit. Do you come in really hard and then get soft and weak? Do you come in with a hard exterior but a really soft interior and then you get all hardened up? Your exterior stays the same but your interior hardens up inside that shell. Or are you like the coffee, which in times of the boiling water spreads its aroma around. Really, really interesting parable. The first time I heard it, I thought about the carrot, like being very strong and then get soft, or the egg. It looks strong, you know, but very sensitive inside. I guess the coffee bean starts off very strong and then gets a little bit softer as you boil it. But I like the message that in times of stress, we can, we can try to grow, to learn, and to make the situation around us better. We talked about so far on the show the idea that you can only love your partner as much as you know them, um, like love is knowing. And conflict is a really great opportunity to learn more about your partner. For example, if it relates to a limit that hasn't been met. It's just a great opportunity now to set limits to try prevent future fights. You can discover more about each other. You can have a deep emotional connection. Remember, often they arise due to an absence of connection. And you can use them as opportunities to think about what you can do to be better. For example, are you not exercising and you're very stressed and you carry a lot with you and then it's very easy to snap at your partner? Okay, what can we do to be proactive? We think that relationships are always going to be there. Like there's this saying that people often snap at the people that are closest to them because they have this feeling that they're going to be there forever. But as, as we find out the hard way eventually, um, that's, not, that's not the case. Um, we think that we can keep snapping at somebody and making them feel bad, but eventually they're just going to distance themselves and they're going to go away out of a need to protect themselves. Remember we talked about modeling 
that people model also the, the physiological response that we show them. So if, if we bring a lot of stress into the conflict, into the relationship, by snapping, by getting angry, by speaking disrespectfully or pushing our partner's soft spots. Remember soft spots from earlier in the show? Um, those are things that get our partners from zero to 100 really, really quickly, and they're related to deep insecurities, like deep, unmet, unaddressed insecurities that we can't change, okay? They bring them into the relationship. We have to just accept them. For example, if our partners don't feel good enough and they felt like they weren't good enough for a very long time, and then we compare them to like their sibling, if they, if they felt that they were competing with their sibling or to someone else in a negative way, and then it brings up their insecurity of not being good enough, it's going to aggravate, aggravate that soft spot, bring them so much tension and emotion, and it's going to make it very, very hard, very hard for them to feel good in that moment. All that tension is going to come up to the surface, and it's going to make them feel so stressed, so down. And that's not, that's not what you want to do. You can't get mad at them for having soft spots. We all have soft spots. You listening to the show, have them too. And we can try to think about what are those things that we're really sensitive about? How can we communicate them to our partners to help them know how to treat us better? But what I, what I was going out with this is, is through learning about these soft spots, through learning about how our partners feel, how, how they want to be treated when times are good, the kinds of things that make them feel bad. By discovering all of this, we can learn to just be more effective, more supportive, more there for our partners, okay? And remember, like relationships, we think that they last forever, it would be beautiful if they did, but we have to model what we want to see, okay? We need to create that connection. We need to treat our partners the way that we want them to treat us in terms of, like, conflict, conflict management, okay? Like, we don't just want to bring all that tension, all that stress in. We can invite our partners to help us, but only in a respectful way, so many of us feel like we have to be perfect all the time. Like, you know, we're not allowed to ask to be hugged or to be held. Or, you know, we think that babies are held in strokes. So, like, you know, we don't, we don't want to do that because we're older. So, like, we don't need that anymore. But adults, too, guys, need chances to calm down, need opportunities to get better, okay, to relax, and we can invite our partners to do that with us. Remember that episode on teamwork. In the relationship, we are a team. That's the goal, but to be a team, to function effectively, we have to discuss what can we do to be more effective, to be better. Now, in this part of the show, I want to talk a little bit more about the four horsemen of argumentation, which we discussed at the end of the last episode. Now, these are really, really important, guys. I want you to have a zero-tolerance policy for these four horsemen in your house, with your partner, with your peers, with everything that goes on around you, because it is really, really destructive to your sense of self, to your self-worth, to the way that you see yourself, to the way that you understand yourself and perceive the world. In this section here, we're going to talk about those four horsemen a little bit more with some more examples. We're going to talk about our rights in a relationship, um, and then we're going to continue our discussion, getting a little bit into dreams and other issues. And also, I want to touch about um, scapegoating, too, because it's important to include. So there's four horsemen again. So those are criticism, contempt, defensiveness and stonewalling. All of these are so destructive in a relationship and they can exist between siblings too, with, between co-workers, managers. This is not limited to just your partner, okay? Criticism. This is verbally attacking the person, using criticism to attack them, okay? For example, criticism is this. You always talk about yourself. Why are you always so selfish? Okay, or something about like placement of something in the fridge. Like, 
Let's say that you have milk that's already open and your partner or somebody in the house wants to open another milk. Criticism is, why do you open that new milk if the other one's already open? Like, do you even notice what's what's in the fridge? Or like, like, and then you can be like, well, I like this one better. And then they can be like, well, why are you doing that? That's so stupid. Like, guys, this is criticism. Why do you do like this harsh startup? Why, why, why do you do that? Okay. Anecdotes to this are just coming from a place of respect. You can still assert yourself respectfully. So an antidote to that criticism, you always talk about yourself. Why are you always so selfish is I'm feeling left out of our talk tonight and I need to vent a bit. Can, can we just please talk about my day? Guys, that's okay. It's okay to say that. I'm using um, this example here, um, not about the milk, but about the, you always talk about yourself, from Ali Lisita, Ali Lisita from the Gottman Institute um, on her blog on the page on the topic. We're using the Gottman Institute because we're referring um, to these from the book, uh, from John Gottman's book, okay? Contempt, guys, contempt is awful, 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 awful. You never, ever, 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 ever want to use it, ever, okay? It's awful. It's so bad for everyone, okay? Contempt is when you attack something of the person's character, okay? Telling them, you don't know how to talk to people. You don't know how to communicate with people. You're so lazy. You're so dumb. I can't believe that you think that you are... Um, intelligent, like, you know, it's crazy to me that you think of yourself as an intelligent person. I can't believe that you think of yourself as somebody who is, you know, no, 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 no. Guys, people are sensitive. We have very, 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 very sensitive self-esteems. As much as you think that maybe your partner is invincible, okay, they're not. They're not. And you're not either. Do you want to be told that? It is going to cause you so much damage if people tell you things like, you don't know how to communicate. You don't know how to have a good relationship. You'll never know how to succeed in life. Guys, no. No. I can't believe you think that you want to go somewhere in life. You know, you never will. No. No, guys. No, no, no. Don't say this ever, ever to somebody. It's going to be so damaging to their self-esteem. Okay? There are ways around this. Instead of telling somebody, for example, like, you don't know how to communicate with people, you can't do anything right, we can just say something like, hey, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed right now and I'm, I just, I, I feel like I need to talk right now and I'm, is it okay if I just say what I have to say? Guys, that's better. Don't tell somebody that they don't know how to communicate with people. Okay, that's, that's mean. Don't be mean. It's not going to get you anywhere. Okay, another thing is like you can't do anything right. Guys, people are like genuinely insecure about their ability to do things the right way. Like, don't tell somebody that they don't know how to do anything right. That's mean. It's not going to get you anywhere. And we take these things lightheartedly. We think it's okay to tell our partners these things, to tell our siblings, to tell our friends, coworkers, peers. Guys, like, it's actually very, very mean and it's hurtful to a lot of people. But unfortunately, we live in a culture where everyone pretends that they're so tough and that, you know, nothing affects them and that they can do everything and anything. But that's not the world that we live in. Guys, people are delicate beings. You can't say that to somebody. You can't. There are better ways to express yourself. I'm sorry, there's no excuse to use contempt with somebody. Okay? Or honestly, criticism. Why, why be mean? It's not going to get you anywhere. If you are mean to somebody, they are going to be mean back to you. 99% of the time, people model what you give them. Now, they are cases of abuse, okay? They are cases of abuse where you don't do anything wrong and the person is just incredibly, incredibly mean to you, okay? This is a big problem. You need to get professional help or this is going to completely destroy your sense of self and your self-esteem, Okay. Another thing we talked about is defensiveness. Okay. Defensiveness. Instead of saying, I'm not saying sorry. I can't see what I did wrong. You know, we all heard somebody say that. I can't, you know, I'm not saying sorry because I don't feel that I did anything wrong. It's crazy that you think that, that I'm wrong. You know, you're dumb. Guys, no, 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 no. I make it sound childish because it is so childish to say that. There's a big difference that happens when we go from two to three and we age, guys. You know what that is? 
we suddenly recognize that people see things differently to us. A two-year-old thinks that everyone thinks the same as them. They don't, they haven't unlocked the, the mental capacity. Their brain is so like small, okay, to understand that people think differently to them. And then you're going to grow up. I hope you're going to grow up. You're going to turn three, four, and you're going to start to recognize for the first time that what you think isn't necessarily what other people think. It's an enormous realization, okay? Children, very, very young children, don't perceive themselves and others as separate entities until a critical developmental milestone in very, very, their early years, their first three years, okay? And it's that recognition that they're different to other people, that they think differently, which helps them set limits, helps them to understand what they are, who they are, what matters to them, and make a sense of themselves. We need to all feel a sense of agency over ourselves to feel like we have space. That's our space, okay? Space that makes us us. If we don't have that space, if people aren't observing our limits of basic ways that we want them to communicate with us, we are going to feel so suffocated like we're not a real person because we don't have that space to thrive as a human. We all need some basic respect and space to thrive, okay? Contempt is, is how you just trample over all those limits on the way people want to be spoken to and treated. It's especially bad if it's on their soft spots, okay, and you're trampling over something that they're extremely sensitive about. You don't want to go there, okay? We need to create that space that we all need to thrive, and we need to respect people's boundaries, especially, guys, everyone has boundaries over the way that you're allowed to talk to them, okay? Contempt is just going over those boundaries. If we don't do that, we deny people the very basic things that they need to thrive, succeed as human beings, and to feel to feel like, like they matter, that they're important. Like, we think that everyone thinks this, but, like, guys, it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard, a lot of people have so much insecurities about their ability to be a good lover, a good person, a good worker, a good sibling, okay? You don't want to exacerbate that further. What is the opposite of contempt? Think about it. What is the opposite of telling somebody something that's really bad about them? It is appreciation. Appreciation, saying good things. It's okay to say good things to your partner. That's what we want, Okay? Tell them things like, hey, I really like the way that you prepared dinner tonight. I really like the way that you're dressed today. If you, can, you can also say good things about things that your partners are sensitive about, and it will make them feel even better. So like, contempt would be like, you don't know how to do anything right. You're so dumb. Okay? And appreciation would be like, hey, I love the way you planned that dinner. I love the way that you planned that trip. I'm having such an amazing time with you. I'm so happy. Um, or just saying like, hey, you did that really well. You don't have to lie. Just find something that you like about the person and bring it out. We need to bring out the positive traits of people, okay? Like they're buried there deep inside, but by probing for them, we can break down those walls and we can bring them out and bring them to the surface so that they'll use them with us. Okay, so we, we talked about this, this, this childish kind of defensiveness, okay? If somebody tells you, I'm not saying sorry because I don't see what I did wrong in the situation, I want you to think that they are like a two-year-old, okay? Honestly, just think. They are acting like a two-year-old because around age two, age three, we understand that people think different things to us. If you feel like you didn't do something wrong in the situation and the other person feels that you did, I don't care what you think. And you shouldn't either. You need to apologize, okay? It doesn't matter what you think happened. If the person feels hurt, you need to apologize. How do you apologize? The four steps of an apology. We touched on this already, okay? First, you express remorse. And you should always express remorse because you don't want to be remembered as somebody who hurts others. It doesn't matter if you feel like you didn't hurt them. You hurt them, okay? Maybe you touched their soft spot. I don't care what you thought about if you hurt them or not. You touch their soft spot. That's what matters, okay? Express remorse because you don't want to be known as somebody who hurts. Say, I am sorry, okay? 
I'm sorry. I feel bad that I hurt you. Okay. A lot of us would end there, but that's not, that's only step one of four. Okay. You may think it's hard, but guys, use this formula. It's going to work for you virtually every time. Step two, try to understand what your partner feels. Your partner will only forgive you fully when you can really, really, really understand what they feel. Let's say that you called your partner, um, a whole bunch of, of like any one of the, the swear words. Okay. You're so, and then fill in the blank. Guys, that's going to hurt. And it's the opposite of what we talked about earlier in the show using I statements. Instead of labeling our partners, guys, which doesn't give them the space that they need to thrive, it doesn't help the situation at all. We never want to label our partners. We're going to stay instead. We're going to stay instead. It seems to me that, okay? It seems to me that. And just describe what you see. Don't start with you, guys. In John Gottman's book, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work, which we're talking about a lot on the show, he says that he can often predict where a conversation will end just by watching the first couple minutes. Because conflicts, guys, conversations, they often almost always start the end the way that they start. If you start with a soft startup, coming from a place of care, from a place of genuinely wanting to help and being kind and respectful to your partner... It's very, very likely that your conversation is going to end in a respectful manner. But if you come harsh, with a harsh, with a harsh, harsh startup, saying things like starting with you, starting with you're such a, you're so bad, na 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 na, guys, it's going to end badly. I'm telling you, it's, it doesn't take rocket science to figure out that it's going to end badly. If you want a conversation to end well, it helps to start it well. Soft startup, okay? Come from respect. Use I, okay? Don't say you model what you want to see in your partner, okay? This is how our mirror neurons work in our brain. If you want to have respect from them, show them respect. If you want them to show compassion to you, show them compassion. Guys, we learned this in kindergarten. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Why is it that as we become adults, we forget so many of these basic, basic competence for, for how we're supposed to treat people, okay? So, remember, I don't care if you don't think you did anything wrong. Your partner doesn't either, okay? You need to acknowledge that they feel hurt and apologize because if you don't, you are like a two-year-old because you didn't unlock the ability to understand that people think differently than you, okay? And if you want another kind of exaggerated example of this, you can look at witnesses um, who report to events. So, uh, like if you, if you have five witnesses and they all witness the same crime, they're going to actually often have very different stories of the crime of like what the, what the perpetrator looked like. And it's because we experience the world differently. We think that we see the world objectively for what it is, but we don't, we see it based on our own lenses, our own ideas, our own preconceived notions, the way we were feeling that day, the way we were feeling in the moment, the thoughts that we had before it started, not even related to our partner, but we all experience things differently, differently. So if you feel like, whatever, you know, it wasn't important to you. Well, you know, your partner may have felt it differently because we all experience things differently. And that is so, so important. Okay. Just to know, to remember, we all experience things differently. It doesn't matter how you felt it once. Your partner may have experienced it very differently to you and you need to acknowledge that. Last on those four horsemen, we talked about stonewalling. Stonewalling is when we completely disengage with the partner. It's when we basically give them like a, a stone wall to engage with. Guys, this is terrible, terrible. It can help you if you are being abused, okay? It's going to make you physically and emotionally disengage with the abuser, Okay, and it's a physiological response. People, why do people do this to protect themselves? Because stress kills, and everyone knows deep down that stress kills. It feels bad. So if somebody's making you feel bad, you're not going to engage with them to protect yourself. Okay, but okay. So in the case of abuse, this is this is helpful here. It's going to help protect you. But still, guys, seek professional help if you think that you you might be abused. It's it's going to cause a lot of problems down the road if you hold it. Remember that story that we shared, holding the glass. The weight of the glass doesn't matter as much as how long we hold the glass for. When you hold things in for a long time, they build up, build up, build up, build up until you just don't know what to do. You can't hold it in anymore. Okay? So, so, so important. So how are we going to stonewall? Well, the problem with stonewalling, guys, is if, if it's not an extreme example of abuse, 
We need connection anyhow, okay? And that desire for connection is going to overpower the benefit that we're getting from stonewalling because we, we need to feel close to our partners. We need to feel close to something. We need to be connected. As humans, we need to, need to, need to. It is essential for us as humans to feel connected. So if you disengage for a long time, you're going to feel so bad from disengaging that it's going to make you feel even worse. You feel bad that your partner hurt you. You're then ignoring your partner, Okay, and then that that absence of connection is going to make you feel even worse, and that's not 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 what we want. Okay, we're we're about trying to feel good, not bad. By doing this, we're we're allowing ourselves to feel so bad. Okay, it's it's taking something that's bad and making it even worse. There are better ways to calm down. Okay, the first is take deep breaths, guys. Do something positive. Go for a walk. Listen to music. Call a friend talk to somebody, okay, help yourself calm down, if your partner keeps hurting you, yes, distance yourself from them, but don't keep going, because it's not going to solve the problem on its own, you need some sort of other thing, like some sort of professional or outside intervention, that's going to help you, if you just keep stonewalling, your relationship will deteriorate, I'm telling you, the more that you avoid them, the harder it's going to be for you to strengthen that bond with them again. Your emotional bank account is going to go to such a low level that the gears, the oil in the gears is going to be turning so slowly that it's going to be really, really, really hard to start them up again. And that's not what you want. Okay, you want to keep it easy. The more you build up that emotional bank account, though, when times are good, the harder it's going to be to get to very low levels. But... You know, there are times when we, when a lot of us may resort to stonewalling to protect ourselves. But remember, over the long term, it's really, really harmful. It's not going to let us lead us to feel good sustainably over the long term. So what we need to do is we need to try as much as we can to prevent doing that, like by setting up limits, clear limits, what's okay, what's not okay. I'm amazed at how little rules so many houses have. Like basic house rules, guys. Make up basic, basic house rules and put them up on the wall, okay? Put a list of what's okay, what's not okay. You know, soon in a couple of days, we'll put this up on our website and you can even download a template of, you know, you know less of this, more of this. Uh, with those those four horsemen, and you can have a zero-tolerance policy in your household for them. I highly recommend you make a zero-zero-tolerance policy for these four horsemen because they are going to cause so much damage to wherever you put them. I'm warning you. You don't want to go there. So, for example, like here, here's like a sample you could have for your zero-tolerance policy. So you could have a table, like a, a part that says criticism. And it says, instead of, you know, why did you take the milk out of the fridge when there's another one that's so stupid? Okay, you can say more of, I'm feeling anxious right now. The milk placement is bothering me. It's okay. You know, we laugh at this, but it happens. Contempt. Instead of, you don't know how to communicate with people. You can't do anything right. More of, I'm struggling right now, and I'd appreciate it if you could please let me say what I need to say, because I, I really need to get it out. Defensiveness. Instead of, I'm not saying sorry, because I'm blind to see my role in anything. More of, I'm sorry that I insulted you so harshly. What can I do to make it better? Okay, and, and that you can also say, I see that it makes you feel very sad, very down. Okay, that's okay. It's good to say that. I see that it makes you feel very small. Yeah, like, okay, building connection. At least you are trying to make it better. Okay. Stonewalling. Instead of, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. That was not what I want to hear. I don't care about your opinion. Or like, I don't want to talk right now. Or I'm not talking to you. Nah, nah, nah. More of, I'm having a lot of anxiety right now and I need some time alone. Okay. Or I really can't, I, I don't feel safe around you because of the way you speak to me. And I just need to be away from you right now until we can make a commitment to make this better. Guys, it's okay to say that. I don't feel safe around you. I need us to have some time alone or uh, until we can make a commitment to make this better. Okay, guys, that's okay. It's okay to advocate for yourself. I want to touch about now, like, rights in a relationship, okay? Now, this comes from Paul Mason and Randy Kreger in Stop Walking on Eggshells, uh, a really, really, really interesting book all about limits, all about um, conflict resolution and anger. So guys, what are your rights in a relationship? It's when, when these aren't met, you may 
start resorting to contempt or criticism as a need to protect yourself, okay? As a way to lash out at the person. Remember, often conflict arises because our limits aren't being met. We don't feel we have the space we need to thrive. Like, we feel like something is really, really bothering us. And we just need to, like, angrily, like, like, you know, get space, get ourselves out to protect ourselves, okay? Or it comes from, like, we don't have connection. We need to have connection, like, ugh, you know? Or just stress. Like, our brain is just not all there. Like, we talked about that, how the stress response causes that emotional hijacking. Our frontal lobe can't respond because the amygdala is intercepting all the signals. Okay, like that's, that's bad, <laughs> okay? You know, calm down. First rescue, get the brain back online, get the car back on the road, and then we can keep going from there. But what are your rights in a relationship, okay? You have the right to emotional support, encouragement, and goodwill, okay? These are good supportive intentions from the other. You have the right to be with somebody who has good intentions for you, okay? If they have bad intentions for you, that's against your rights. You have the right to be heard from the other, Okay, from your partner, from your sibling, from your parent, from your coworker. You have the right to be heard by them, okay, and to be responded with courtesy and respect, especially if it's in your family or in your romantic relationship. You have the right to be responded to with courtesy and respect. Respect, guys. If somebody's cursing at you, that is against your right in the relationship, okay? And I know it's hard, but again, you always want to model what you want to see. So, if, if they're cursing as hard as you can, try not to curse back. It's just going to bait you into them saying, oh, well, you did this. You know, a lot of people are really, really selfish and they can't see what they did wrong. I'm so sorry if you have somebody like this in your family, okay, that you can't get rid of or that just drives you mad. But those basic rules are going to make it easier for you. Okay, basic rules. Enforce them. House rules. If your parents listening to this and this problem is going on with your kids, and the reason we're, we're talking about this is, you know, these, these conflict resolution skills, you can apply them in your relationship. You can apply them everywhere else too. Make basic house rules. Please, please, for the benefit of everyone in your family, make limits. Encourage all of you guys to make limits. Okay, even with your close friends too, you can make limits and just help each other know how to treat each other. We don't know by default. Okay. We have the right to have, so let's continue, the first two, the right to emotional support, encouragement, and goodwill, and, and like good, like from that we mean good supportive intentions from the other. We have the right to be heard from the other and to be responded with courtesy and respect. We have the right to have our own view, even if the other person has a different view. And that is completely okay, guys. It makes humanity interesting that we have different views. Remember, we see the world through a very, very, very subjective lens. So, of course, we are going to interpret things differently. And that is okay. Okay? Just we have the right to be heard. Okay? To, to accept that we have a different view. That's okay. We have the right to have feelings acknowledged as real. This is so, 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 so big an abuse, guys. If, if these are not consistently being met, you may be a victim of abuse, okay? You have the right to have your feelings and experiences acknowledged as real. When people tell you that what you feel is wrong or that, you know, you're crazy because of how, you know, how you feel or, or what you see in the experience, okay, that is a form of abuse, you have the right to have your feelings and experiences acknowledged as real. Put this up on your wall. Okay, go over this with your partner. We think that this is common sense, but it's not. It's really, really not. You have to make this very clear to protect it. You have the right to a life free from excessive accusations, blame, criticism, and judgments. Okay? If somebody keeps judging you, keeps criticizing you, and it's driving you crazy... Okay, you have a right not to have to deal with that. If it's a coming from a sibling, okay, parent, partner, tell them, I have a zero tolerance policy for this. That is not okay. Put your foot down, okay? Advocate for yourself. It's so important. We feel like we can't advocate for ourselves because it's not allowed or it's too this or it's too that because we have to have to have to do it, okay? We have the right to live free from emotional and physical abuse. If this is persistently bothering you for two weeks and they're not abiding to your limits, they're not respecting you, you have a right to live free from that, okay? There are a number of ways that we can enforce these rights legally, um, like through a restraining order, which I, I don't recommend, you know, if, if unless it's very persistent and, and, and um, 
like over the long term. But guys, just like go over this right. Tell them you have a right to this. And then they'll get it in their head that it's not okay. People just do things like treat people like garbage because they think it's okay, but it's not okay. Okay? You have a right to live free from emotional and physical abuse. Tell your partner. Tell your peers. Tell whoever you think is driving you crazy. We feel like for some people who experience abuse, we feel like it's not okay to share our story or to put our foot down. Abuse is more common than we think it is. And if you may be experiencing it, put your foot down because if you don't, it is going to really, really, really damage your self-esteem and sense of self over the long term. Now, um, none of this is professional advice. Just remember, okay, I highly recommend you get professional help um, if you feel like you are um, being abused, okay, I not, none of this is like professional advice though, okay, it's not expert advice, just that's why I recommend go to a professional, okay, but there's no guarantee that these strategies, if you try putting your foot down, like maybe it's dangerous, I can't, I can't advise you what to do, okay, I'm not in the position to advise you what to do, I'm just giving recommendations that you can choose to follow at your own will, they come with no guarantees, okay. Like, I, I feel that they're important to talk about, so I'm talking about them on the show, but I can't guarantee the outcome. Okay, you have the right to privacy and only sharing what you are comfortable. This is such a big one, guys. You know, like, our, our partners, sometimes they're, like, very clingy or, like, very, um, they, like, really want to see what's on our phone. They really want to read our emails. They want to go through our messages. We have the right to privacy, guys. It makes us who we are. We need to have that space to thrive. And if they want to always hinge on your personal private space that is not okay because it degrades your sense of who you are and when you don't have a sense of self you are up to the mercy of them and that's not what you want guys we lose ourselves we need to keep ourselves to thrive to be healthy to grow to learn you need to set limits on having some privacy so you have some space for yourself because you need that space to thrive Okay. We also now, this is very, very important. We have the right to control our body and our possessions. Okay, We have the right to only being touched the way we want to and that we're okay with and our possessions only being handled in the way we are comfortable with. If your partner or somebody else in your life tries to touch you in a way that you're not comfortable with, that is against your limits. That is not okay. Tell them. Tell them. Put your foot down. Make it a big, urgent matter. It's not okay. Okay? We have the right to only being touched the way we want. And our possessions, guys, sometimes our partners or peers or siblings or anybody goes and they, you know, they take our phone, they, you know, take our possessions and they play, you know, guys, no, 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 no. Our possessions are an extension of ourselves and our space. And people use our possessions in ways that we're not okay with. It's, it's by permission kind of granting them the ability to treat us in ways that we're not okay with too. And it's not what we want. Okay, we have the right, the right, the right to have our body and our possessions handled in the way we want. We need some space, some space to grow, to thrive. These are your rights, the right to emotional support, okay, encouragement and goodwill from your partner, from the other, okay, I say other because it means sibling, peer, the right to be heard from them and responded to with courtesy and respect. That is a basic human right, the right to have your own view. Even if they have a different view, that's okay. We see the world subjectively. It is okay. We have the right to have our feelings and experiences acknowledged as real. As real. We need that. We have the right to live free from excessive accusations, blame, criticism, and judgments. We have the right to live free from emotional and physical abuse. We have the right to control our body, our possessions, okay? the way they want to be handled, and we have the right to privacy, to only share what we are comfortable with as humans, basic human, human, human rights, okay? You need to advocate for these human rights in your relationships because they are not going to come automatically, okay? We think they're common sense, but they're not unless we make them clear, unless we make them clear. Thank you so much for listening to that segment all about our rights in the relationship and going over a little bit more criticism, contempt, stonewalling, defensiveness. Okay, we talked about development. We talked about how these are so harmful and we need to advocate for them because they're not common sense unless we do that. I want to talk a little bit 
now at the end of this episode, because we still have some time, and it's also really important about um, scapegoats. So do you ever feel like you are, like somebody is just like making you feel like you're responsible for all their problems? Do you ever feel like, like somebody's just mad at you? Like no matter what you do, they're just mad at you. Okay. They get upset at you over, over like weird things that they don't get upset over anyone else about. Like they treat you in a special way. That's just so much worse than the way they treat everyone else. They treat you almost like you are their punching bag. This is a form of scapegoating, scapegoating. Okay. Scapegoating is when we blame somebody else for all the problems that we've ever experienced in our life because we need a convenient story to help us accept it. Okay, it's, it's when something's wrong and we don't really want to acknowledge that it's wrong. So we just make up some story about why it's the other person's fault because it's more convenient when you're a, acting like a two-year-old to believe that everything is the other person's fault than you have any say over it. Guys, this is awful. Okay, so for example, somebody just treats you really badly, but they treat everyone else nicely because they, but just you, like no matter what you do, they treat you badly. Okay, this is scapegoating. They are using you as their scapegoat. And why is it called scapegoating? Because in ancient biblical times, people used to take a goat and they would put all the sins of the village on it and send it out to the desert to die because God would give them mercy if they put all their sins on the goat. Okay, I don't understand how that worked, but it's the same concept. People just put their blame on you and then they beat you up like you're their punching bag because it's more convenient. Okay, this is going to destroy your sense of self and your self-esteem if you are the victim of somebody else's like scapegoating, please seek professional help. It is so, so, so important. Unfortunately, a number of us are victims of scapegoating and it's just extremely detrimental to our long-term health and well-being. I'm so, so sorry if you've ever experienced this in any of your relationships with your partner, parents, siblings, friends, okay? The only way to overcome this is for that person who's doing the scapegoating to get Professional help, unfortunately, often the people doing this are too selfish to seek professional help because they think that they're perfect and the other person is the source of all the problems. Um, but they, they, they do need to wake up and recognize that they have a, a say too. Guys, if somebody doesn't like acknowledge your feelings and they make you think like it's always your fault, even though you feel like it's their fault, that is abuse. If it's persistent, okay? I'm so sorry. If, if you experience this, it's so unfortunate that there are people in the world who act this way. Unfortunately, a lot more than we think do. But just be aware of scapegoating. Remember this. If you're being abused, if you're being like a scapegoat to somebody, okay, it's not you. It's them. It's not you. They're going to get mad at you for a whole bunch of different things. It's not you. Please hold this dear to you. It is not you. It's not you. It's not you. It's them. Okay, it's them. They are projecting onto you. We talked about projection. They're putting all their misery on you, but it's not your fault. Okay, they are just seeking some sort of outlet and it's the most convenient for them when they're acting childish and selfish to put you as a scapegoat. Unfortunately, a lot of partners end up becoming the scapegoats for somebody else. Okay, and like... It's, it's awful, but just talk about scapegoating. Bring up the idea. So many of us have no idea that it occurs, even though it's so, so common. If you feel like somebody treats you and only you badly, even though everything else seems to be going fine, okay, like they're nice to everyone except for you, recognize that you are a victim of scapegoating. I know that it's like we, we talk about like on the show, the importance of taking responsibility, and that you shouldn't, you know, walk around pretending that you're a victim. But, but scapegoating, it's a real, real thing. And it's very detrimental if you hold on to it. Okay? Look up resources for scapegoating. And bring it up to everyone's attention. Just talk about scapegoating with your family, with your peers, with your partner. So they're aware that it exists. Just by talking about it, they can start to understand it. Okay? Because it happens. It happens. It's because we see the world through stories. We talked about this. And earlier episodes on conflict resolution. We need to make up stories to make things easier to understand, to comprehend. Unfortunately, though, if you are the subject of somebody's negative story, it's going to cause you a lot of problems. And them too, guys. It's not nice to, like, it, it's easy to just 
make someone else a scapegoat, but it's not appropriate, okay? It's not going to solve the problem. It's hard to live thinking that someone else is the source of all your problems, okay? Like, by that I mean that, that, like, they, they're, like, very mean to only you. Like, because if they think that you're, like, it's your fault that they feel so angry all the time, this is what I mean. Sorry, the message is a little mixed up. This is what I mean. If they feel, if somebody feels that, like, they're angry all the time, they're hurt all the time only because of you and, like, everything is your fault, and by this, I mean, not just like, like interactions between you, but like everything else in your life too. So like, if they think that it's your fault, that they didn't do well in school, it's like your fault, you know, everything's your fault. Somebody rejected them and it's your fault. It's, it's hard to think that way because it's like, damn, I wish something was like my fault. I don't want that you're responsible for everything that ever happens to me. Like it would suck to live a life, especially as an adult, thinking that the other person is responsible for everything that happens to you. Like I want some free will too. I want some free say to choose what I want to do. You know, we should have free say. We shouldn't just make it so the other person, you know, gets full authority over everything. It's important not to make someone else a scapegoat. So you can take personal responsibility, okay? When you take personal responsibility, it liberates you. It says, damn, I'm free to have a say to make my life better. That's awesome. That's awesome to have a say to make your life better, okay? At least then you can do something to change it. It sucks living in a world thinking that everyone else is responsible for you except yourself. We'll talk about this a little more in later episodes when we talk about the book Extreme Ownership. Now, finally, I want to talk again about dreams. We didn't have as much time as I wanted to to get over to talk about this in this episode, so we'll make room for it in the the next one. But um, basically, a lot of us... We, this is from Elizabeth Gilbert in her book, Big Magic. We need to create. Like our brain is always pushing us to create, to do something. A lot of us reach out to conflict because we're bored, because we're not doing anything meaningful with our time. And we're so longing for meaning that we create conflict with somebody just because it's exciting. This happens, I believe that this is actually responsible for a lot of conflict that happens between partners because they're just bored, especially younger couples who are like, always bored like this new generation is just bored often okay even though there's everything to do in the world we'll feel like so bored and i think it comes from a sense of loneliness and disconnection but i want you to ask yourself when you create conflict is it because you're just bored and you're frustrated over something completely unrelated to your partner which leads you to act that way because if so I want you to think of hobbies you can do. Like, people don't really have hobbies anymore. Like, hobbies, guys. People used to go bowling, you know, be part of bowling clubs. People used to play, you know, billiards with their peers, and they used to have tea every day with their their coworkers. All of this is on the book, uh, in the book, Bowling Alone by Robert Putnam. Super, super interesting book on, like, how people are spending so much time alone now compared to how they, they used to spend with others. And... And that's partly because it's now just easier to watch TV and entertain yourself for three hours than to make an effort to meet your neighbors. We're going to talk about this more in the next episode. Um, but the big idea here is that I want you to think of a hobby, like do something creative. Like we all have dreams, okay? But like we need to, we need to act on them or they're going to leave us feeling really frustrated. And we're going to be so frustrated that we cause problems with our partners over it sometimes. And like, Think about what do you want to do? Like, I, I think a lot of conflict is related to unrealized dreams. Do you want to write? Do you want to paint? It's also great for stress relief. Do you want to play violin? Do you want to just, like, create something? Like, life is short, and we have so much free time, like, often now. But don't, like, the phone, you know, social media isn't really creating. Like, like make something meaningful to you and do it just because you like it. And not only will that distract you from your stress, but it will also give you some meaning, things to enjoy, to feel better about it. When you feel good, it's harder to cause problems with your partner. It's hard to create conflict when you feel so good, okay? You have to feel bad to want to make conflict. And well, what's a great way to feel bad? Just by being bored and feeling like you're not doing anything meaningful with your life. I want you to chase your dreams. Don't quit your day job. But, you know, if you always wanted to write a short story, write one. If you always wanted to paint, paint. If you always wanted to um, learn a piano, guys, it's never been easier. Go on YouTube, okay? You can learn about it. If you want to paint, like, go on YouTube. Click, go to the dollar store. Get, get equipment. It'll give you something to do. And when you're happy and satisfied, it will be much harder to get mad at your partner 
and to be stressed is good for stress relief too. It's all from the last episode. We have to take care of ourselves to have the physical and emotional capacity to take care of others. So thank you so, so much for listening to this episode. I'm going to wrap it up now. Um, we're going to, in the next episode, talk about dreams a little bit more, okay? And um, we'll bring together some other aspects uh, on conflict resolution all together because um, we never have so much time to wrap everything up here. Um, but basically what we did in this episode, we started with that story on eggs, carrot, and coffee. I hope you found it meaningful and interesting. Um, I want you to think about like stress from conflict. It, you know, sometimes it's bad. It can make us soft. It can make us, you know, have the same exterior, but get really hard interior. Or we can use it like that coffee bean to grow, to blossom, okay? To make like a rich aroma for everything around us. And, and you can use that kind of tension from conflict to inspire you to create, okay? Like if you're looking for a way to overcome boredom and, and tension, you know, well, well, writing is a great way. Or podcasting, if you want to get into podcasting, you know, like, like uh, the, the barrier to learning to entry, especially with YouTube and other technologies and then Amazon, you know, to make things inexpensive to ship from around the world, the barrier to enter for a the entry for a lot of hobbies has never been lower. Try to see if you can use tension to help you grow, self-improvement, to get better, to read, to learn, to create, and to thrive. And then we got into a review, a continuation of those four horsemen of argumentation from the last episode because they are so important. So, so, so important. Okay, have a zero tolerance policy for them. Check out our website in a couple of days. We'll put an infographic up about them. You can print it. You can put it in your home. Learnlove.ca. Um, I guess it'll be on our blog. So learnlove.ca slash blog. We then talked about our rights in the relationship. Remember that. The right to emotional support, encouragement, to be heard from the other, to have your own view, to have your feelings and experiences acknowledged as real, to live free from excessive accusations, blame, free from emotional and physical abuse, the right to privacy, control, and control over your body and possessions. Remember those rights, guys. Push them. We think that they're common sense, but they're not. Just like those four horsemen, we think it's common sense not to use contempt. Unfortunately, it's not. Maybe because our parents weren't taught about this when they were growing up, and they modeled it to us when we were younger, and now we think it's okay uh, to use in our own homes. If there's one thing you take from this show, it's that it's not clear. You have to make things clear and explicit by talking about them, putting up rules, making house rules, you know, put infographics, make that limits board, um, all this kind of stuff. Just make it, make it clear. Don't assume that other people know where you're, where you're coming from or, or what you think, okay? Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you found it meaningful. Also remember, we talked about the scapegoating. Okay, recognize if you're a scapegoat. Recognize if somebody's blaming you for all their problems in life. It happens. It happens. It's a huge shame. And it happens, though, unfortunately. Recognize. Um, seek help. Look up resources about it. Recognize it's not you. Okay, it's not you. It's them. It's not you. Okay, it's them. That's the problem. Okay? They are projecting onto you. You are Okay. You are fundamentally a good human being. It's them. Check out support groups, other resources online for that. And just spread the word about it because not a lot of people know about it and it's so important, okay? Maybe just by talking about it to somebody, you'll help them recognize what it is and recognize if they're doing it or if they're a victim of it, okay? So thank you so much again for listening to the show. I hope you found it helpful that you can apply it to your relationship, not just your romantic one. This is really, this relationship this episode, sorry, was really special because you can apply it to a whole bunch of relationships, siblings, friends, peers, parents, coworkers, okay? Those, those rights in a relationship extend beyond just with our partners. They're basic human rights, okay, that we need to thrive. I hope that you found the, that story, X Carrot and Coffee, helpful. I hope you like that analogy that we talked about, the human brain developing. Um, we talked again about emotional hijacking. Um, if you're just listening to this episode and you want to hear more about those, those topics that we referenced in the last episodes, um, check out our earlier ones on conflict resolution. Um, the past five episodes are specific to conflict resolution, um, and it'll help connect everything together. Or check out our blog. We are working on written adaptations of this podcast at learnlove.ca slash blog. Um, 
and we're going to put up infographics that we were talking about on the show there. I can't wait to welcome you back in the next episode where we'll continue our discussion on conflict resolution. We'll wrap everything up. We'll talk about dreams and being creative a little bit more. Um, And then from there, we'll transition to new topics on the show. We'll talk more about feelings, commitment, um, insecurities. We'll talk about taking ownership. We'll talk about attachment theory and overcoming our partner's past um, and so much more. So stay tuned for new episodes coming in the next couple weeks. And I can't wait to welcome you back in the next one. Let me know your thoughts on the show, what you want to see, what you liked, what you disliked at contact at learnlove.ca. I read all your emails. I'm super excited um, to see what you have to say, your feedback. Um, If there's anything specific you want to see on the show, please reach out to me at contact at learnlove.ca. Tell me what you want to see. We'll work on it. If you want to write for us, you can submit to our blog, learnlove.ca slash blog or podcast guest. We're looking for a podcast guest. If you want to be on the show, um, please reach out. Um, I'd love to meet you. Um, and if you have any other ideas of what you want to see with Learn to Love, um, reach out as well. And um, we are still in early stages. So looking for your feedback to grow, to get better and more. Can't wait to welcome you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the end.